Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Acting the Future. I'm your host Axel, or as most of you guys might know me as 56th Grid. In today's episode, we're going to be chatting to Jake, who has over 110,000 subscribers on YouTube, has almost 50,000 on Instagram, is a worldwide traveler, and is part of the GoPro family. So, welcome, Jake. Thanks for having me, man. Stoked to be here. Yeah, it's awesome. How's how's things been going over in France over lockdown? It's been a, to be honest, it uh, I haven't noticed it or I haven't felt the uh, the crunch or the lockdown maybe as much as many. Um, somehow, maybe you could call me Harry Houdini, but I've managed to, I've just sort of managed to find avenues uh, where travel has been uh, where travel has been sort of open and where travel has been safe to do. Um, that's allowed me to, I guess, keep going and keep creating. So. Yeah, it's been, it's I definitely feel like I'm living in a new world, but I'm kind of keeping it as, as normal as, as my own normal to me. So yeah, it's been going great. That's awesome. So is there, is there a lot of cases over in France at the moment or is that all kind of settled down? I think it's sort of on the, to be honest, I don't, I don't quite, um, like I don't follow it too closely. It's something that I sort of keep in the periphery of my mind. I know that it's, it's present and I know that I have to be careful, but um, yeah, I don't really, I don't really look too much into it. You know, I just sort of, so in terms of the numbers, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not quite like, it's certainly not Australia. That's for sure. Like, it's not like we've got two or three cases. You can count them on one hand. Um, I think they're maybe in the thousands, but we're also in Europe. So we're connected to so many other countries and we're in the middle of winter. So, it, you know, the, the conditions are the polar opposite to Australia. So yeah. Yeah, totally. So we'll, we'll stop with this COVID chat and we'll get into you. So for the people that, you know, might be listening to this podcast that haven't heard of you before, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, I guess my, well, my name is Jake Rich. I'm a travel photographer and filmmaker. I'd probably call myself more of a social media filmmaker, um, YouTube filmmaker. I post my videos on YouTube. Um, and I've been doing that for the last, probably the better, the better half of the last five years where I've, where I've actually been out traveling, creating content, working with different brands. Um, and yeah, trying to make this sort of dream that I have uh, a reality, which is, yeah, creating content and traveling the world and seeing things and experiencing things and documenting my adventures through my, my, my lens. Um, so that's, that's what I'm doing. And I, at the moment, I've found myself here in France with my beautiful girlfriend. And um, yeah, we, we, uh, we've been working on a few different projects. We recently did a project in Mexico. And last year, we were fortunate to travel throughout European summer. So, so we've, we've, we've had an, yeah, an incredible time over the last sort of 12, 18 months just creating photo and video projects around, around the world. Um, I think last year we were fortunate to travel to 10 countries even during the global uh, pandemic, but a lot of that happened before it sort of kicked off. So early in 2020, I was fortunate to do a brand project with a, um, with a client in Nepal. So we got to climb to uh, the world's most remote Irish bar, which was pretty fun. And... Yeah, and then and then I was also on a project with I think someone else who you've had on the show, Jordan Tuali in Japan, and we were creating some content for the tourism board um, in Japan. So we were traveling to the southern island called Kyushu, and creating video content down there. 
Um, but yeah, and then when I moved to France, I was able to see different parts of Europe throughout the summer. And yeah, and I wrapped up the year here in, in, in France. So that's <laughs> that's a little bit about me and the things that I've been doing. That's awesome. So um, you're obviously known as a, as a photographer and you said for the last five or so years you've been doing photo and video. When was like the first time you really kind of uh, got your, your hands on a your hands on a camera, and why was that? The first time I picked up a camera. So when I when I got into this sort of world, this sort of realm, I actually wanted to I actually wanted to be a TV presenter. That was my sort of driving ambition to explore the media. And when I started, um, when I started that, I had this little. I just had my my phone at the time, and. Um, I was working in, in commercial radio, just doing promotions. So I used to work for a radio station in Brisbane called Nova, uh, 106.9. And I just worked in promotions. So what, what my job was back then was to, um, just drive these promotional vehicles when the radio station would have events and we'd set up these marquees and we'd sort of be a bit of a face for the brand. And, um, whilst I was in that job, I, uh, one of the directors at my work passed over this. Um, it was a application to tr- to uh, submit a video to become a television presenter for a television show, a kids TV show called Totally Wild. Uh, it was on Channel Ten at the time, and I was super excited by this opportunity that I decided to take my smartphone and give it a go and be like, okay. They're asking for a video submission. I'll pick up, uh, I'll, I'll film a video. And I had no experience. I was studying property valuation at the time. I wasn't interested really in, in photos or video um, or even creating anything. Um, but this sort of opportunity opened my mind to be like, hey, maybe there are other cool jobs out there that I can see myself doing. And anyway, I ended up filming on my smartphone, made this little reel, edited it on my on iMovie on my computer, it's terrible. It's such a bad video, but I ended up getting all the way to the end of the audition process, and the casting director had to choose between myself and a and another um, applicant, and I ended up missing up on missing out on that opportunity after two months of back and forward with this television network, and. And it was just like this, that was the first time that I was like, okay, maybe there is an opportunity for me to do something in the realm of media. Um, and then after that, that was, that was probably my first time picking up uh, a video camera or picking up a camera to record myself. When I, when I found myself in this world of actually filming and editing videos for myself, um, I would probably say at Christmas time, I got a Canon DSLR maybe five years later. So maybe when I was about, I don't know, 20, 23, 24, I got a Canon DSLR for Christmas. And that was that was when I was like, okay, what does this thing do? How can I explore this? And how can I learn how to use this camera? So yeah. That's awesome. That's that's actually kind of a really cool story. So, you know, you've obviously done, you know, the photography and videography for a long time. What do you think your biggest learning is from doing it all and why is that? Um, I'd say my biggest, the, some of the biggest lessons that I've learned 
um, to keep it simple, like some of the, the, the biggest lesson I've learned is to just keep going. That, that, <laughs> that would be it, especially in the realm and the world that we currently live in, um, where, uh, it, and, you know, when you, when you see your friends or you see other people um, online that maybe have more followers than you or maybe have, you know, more subscribers or they get more views on their videos or, you know, they have more people listening. It's like, it's, it can be a little bit, it can be kind of, um, I guess it, it can be, uh, what's the word like discouraging. So, you know, and it may not make you feel like you want to do it anymore. So I think it's really important. And one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in taking videos and, and creating photos is to, to just keep going, but also to, to really love the process. Like for me, I love the process that I go through in creating a video and it's something that um it's something that i've learned to love it's not something that sort of comes um overnight and it's something that when you keep going and you keep trying to make um videos and you keep trying to take better photos you learn to 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 really enjoy this process that you know you're not gonna you're not gonna get you know, you're not going to grow your YouTube audience overnight, or you're not going to take your best photo on one photo shoot or even on the first frame. Um, so for me, it's like, you know, even when uh, Anna and I would, would go out and take, take photos, we'll find that towards the end of our shoot, all of our best photos happen when we're about to say, when we're about to wrap up. <laughs> we're literally about to finish our shoot and then the light will change or something happens. And that's when all of our magic happens. And we'd been shooting for maybe three hours before, but it's the fourth or the fifth hour where we really take our best photos. And it's so, yeah, I'd say that would be my advice. And that's something that I've learned is just, just to keep going and just keep experimenting and, and really love the process, love, love being out taking photos or, or love the editing suite and, and learn to love those, those parts because that's going to that's going to keep you going it's going to keep you up and keep enjoying the the creative process that's that's really cool i love that i um that's actually incredibly interesting it's really funny because often when when people come on come on my podcast people like jr demis and lots of other photographers you as much as i'm trying to like focus on you know what's the next question what do i need to ask things like that it's actually really interesting to be able to hear the perspective of what you've just said and there's so many learnings and I'm just loving sitting here while interviewing you and learning all these things but we're going to move on so who did you look up to and who do you look up to at the moment in the the filmmaking world um uh, tough question I don't think I've ever been asked this question um okay so when I first found YouTube I certainly found a lot of inspiration and motivation from Casey Neistat. So he was definitely someone on the YouTube platform that I was like, ah, I really, I like this, I like this approach. But um, maybe before that, when I, when I was interested in creating my own videos, there was a group of British vloggers called, um, there was like a, a guy called Fun for Louie who made travel vlogs. There was a guy called Ben Brown who made travel vlogs. And for me, I found this, you know, I found the world of YouTube fascinating. Um, so I guess the people who I looked up to were all were all creators that were sort of self-made independent creators that were just, you know, they weren't super polished or they weren't making silver screen huge productions they weren't making you know films that had huge budgets they were just making content in their bedroom or they were making content you know 
with a point and shoot camera that they would then edit on their laptop. And for me, I found like, I was hugely inspired by this world because I'd come from a world of mainstream media and maybe it's not something that um, your audience or, the, or the, some of the kids that are listening to today could quite understand because before YouTube and before social media, the, the only opportunities that we, you know, I guess we would have as, as creators would be on TV or radio, or maybe in a magazine as a, as a, you know, print publication. Um, and so the opportunities just weren't as vast. There just weren't as many opportunities out there. Um, so when new media came in, um, in the last say, you know, seven to 10 years, when Facebook and Instagram and YouTube came about, it was like this breath of, you know, new wave of independent creators that were sort of forging their own paths and, and sort of creating a world or creating work that they wanted to create that fortunately for the creators has also been able to become a, a job, you know, be, become a place where it's seen as a, um, a, a just a platform which gives the creator a voice. So yeah, so I guess when I first got into the space, I was just looking up to these people who were making opportunities for themselves, who sort of weren't waiting for someone to say, hey, um, you know, hey, Jake, I'm, I'm going to give you this job at this TV network or, um, you know, the, the decision didn't fall on somebody else. If, if you wanted to, to be a filmmaker or if you wanted to be a, a YouTuber or if you wanted to be a photographer, the the onus fell on the individual or, you know, the friends that, you know, the, the community that you built. So, yeah, so that, that, that for me was like sort of where I found inspiration to, to sort of be in this realm and be in this world of, of uh, independent content creation. That, that's really awesome. It's funny. I've noticed a, um, a big pattern, including myself with people like Casey that everyone's looking up to and even like Ben Brown and Fun for Lewis who I've who I've looked up to in the last few years so it's really cool how you know even though everyone's so different and everyone you know around the whole world whether it's France Australia New Zealand America whatever they all kind of on YouTube have found the same people and look up to the same but I've um I've got a lot of young young kids and young adults that listen to my podcast and Often people ask me to ask other creators any tips they have. Do you have any tips for young kids that want to pursue photography and pursue traveling when they get older? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the number one tip that I would share is like, I didn't get into photos or videos because of social media. I, I got into it because I generally was interested in traveling. And I, I was, I was um, so, so the tip would be to, you know, to do it because you want to do it and do it because, you know, you, you, you're interested or, you know, I think, I think it's, um, especially in, 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 in my life, I've, I've found the best opportunities that, or the doors that have opened themselves up to me have just been me following ideas that I've wanted to pursue. I think it has to come from within. You have to, you have to think, Hey, maybe I, I do want to take that, that, you know, that, uh, school trip to, um, let's say it's a snow trip to the snowy mountains or, you know, those, those little opportunities that you get to experience something and it kind of, it, it kind of gives you an experience and understanding of something you might not necessarily be comfortable with and you learn from that. Um, so, so the number one tip would be to do it because you actually, you know, may, because you want to do it, you know, like, um, 
or if it's just to a learning experience, like, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's still plenty of, there's still plenty of, um, projects that, that I take on board because I want to challenge myself, you know, these days, but in terms of making, making, uh, like photos and, and videos, I think the, the, the onus has to be because because you want to, not because someone else wants to or not because you think it's going to be beneficial for, uh, you know, to make money. I think you really have to lead with passion. And if you can do that and just follow your own inner curiosities, you'll be in the right place. That's awesome. That's really nice of you. Um, that's a great bit of feedback. I reckon the kids that are listening here would have benefited from that, benefited from that a lot but I was looking at um your YouTube I was trailing past the other day when I was a bit bored and I found your set like your camera gear for 2021 yeah and I noticed that we had the same body the Sony a7 mark three what's the reason you use that body and what do you like about it awesome um the thanks for checking out my YouTube videos I appreciate it brother um in terms <laughs> in terms of the the camera body um i think so into the reason why i'm using the sony a7 III um it wasn't a camera that i first sort of like just picked up i i, I was using the sony uh a6500 and so that's an aps-c model camera so it's for me it was more affordable at the time when I first bought it um, and I spent a number of years using that camera and the reasons why I wanted that camera was because my main focus at the time was to create video content I wasn't so focused on taking photos I just wanted to create videos and at you know when I first got it I think in 2017 you know I was able to shoot 120 frames a second in high definition I could shoot 4k 24 Um, the autofocus was really really good it was just a, a number of specs that just sort of that that worked for me that were really great and I wasn't so worried about whether the camera was full frame or or crop censored but as I got more into taking photos I started to explore uh, the difference between full frame and crop sensor. And I went on a shoot with my girlfriend, Anna, and she was shooting on the a Sony a7S Mark II. And after I came back from that shoot and I compared all of my full, the full frame photos that we were capturing on her camera with the crop sensor images that I was capturing on the Sony a6500, I that was the motivation to be like, okay, I want to step up to the full frame sensor because it was providing um, a slightly bigger and it's it, not so much better, but I, I could I, I could capture images on the on the full frame when I looked at them in post. I had more flexibility to either crop the image in a certain way. It just gave me you know, when you have little time when you're out, especially on a travel shoot, and you're at a destination for a very small amount of time. When, when you don't have much time, if you can capture a bigger image and maybe you can crop it in a few different ways, it was valuable for me to, to use the bigger sensor. So yeah. And, and then once I started shooting and that, and that's what led me to buy the Sony a7 III, <laughs> the, the fact that I could, that I could, uh, yeah, just ca- capture bigger images and make, make more out of less time on a travel shoot. So yeah, that's why I got it. How about you, mate? What 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 reasons led you to buy the to to get the Sony A7 III? Was it specific creators or? It was actually funny. So I was really lucky. Um, 
I'm currently a what we call a Ted's Young Gun for this camera brand called Ted's Cameras over here in uh, Australia. So they were actually nice enough to hand me that camera um, to shoot content on along with a few lenses. So if that if I had to pay f- for my camera, I probably wouldn't be on a camera close to as good. I'd probably be on a cheap Canon or Nikon or something like that. So I was really lucky for them. But the reason when they when they kind of approached me and asked what my kind of first preference was, I pop that one down because of exactly what you said the the full frame flexibility to crop and things like that yeah that's awesome it's rad to hear that you've got that opportunity congratulations on it um but yeah i I definitely think if if there's others listening and you know it's not a camera that is in their um, price bracket don't i wouldn't let it deter you from taking photos i still think that like there's so much to enjoy about taking photos with um you know, even with smartphone photography these days, there's so much, there's so many awesome like smartphones, even if your parents have a cool smartphone or, you know, you could borrow a camera um, or, you know, you can lease a camera and yeah, just test out the differences. You know, I, I feel like it's for me getting into full frame photography, uh, you know, it's been, it's been the very sort of back end of of me my my experience with cameras so you know i've been i was taking photos for close to or using cameras not specifically taking photos but using cameras for photo and video for almost eight years and then after eight years i was then able to you know to afford the gear that i currently use so yeah so use what you've got is i think the best message i can say to any of the other any other kids listening is just use the camera that you've got and really enjoy that Awesome. That's a great message. I think that's that's a really good one for people to take on board. So we're going to move on from photography and we're going to move in to the uh, the social media side of things. So obviously, or I personally think your YouTube's a bit of the the kind of main profile of your of your photography, videography kind of uh, what could you say? Not profile, but yeah, I guess what maybe maybe most people would know you as. So, when did you like start YouTube, and what was your your idea when you when you first started it? Um, when I first started YouTube, I I <laughs> I was actually making. I kind of didn't have a. I didn't I didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do. I just really enjoyed creating, and and so at the time as i said when i was casting for kids television shows i was using youtube um as a space where i could i could create little pieces to camera practice my presenting practice being on screen practice um the skills that involve talking to camera and articulating a you know a script or if, if, there, if there was a script or just getting comfortable with you know filming youtube videos so when i first started i was just looking i was sort of just making like either little pop culture videos like the seven second challenge and i'd sit down with a friend and we <laughs> would try and like eat an apple in seven seconds or you know pick up a deck of cards in seven seconds or i wasn't really you know my youtube channel has had it's had a life of its own to be honest in the i started it in 2012 um i started posting more frequently to it in 2013 and then and then a lot of the content that, you know, and then I found vlogs. So I started making vlogs. I never had a real clear vision. I just wanted to practice the skills that, re- that are required to create, 
um, videos. So, so if anything, it's been a bit of a diary for me and maybe my, my consistency in continuing to upload videos over a number of years, um, from 2013 to now 2021, it's become a space that has evolved into, um, I think more of my musing and more of my passion, which is in, in film and photo. So, yeah. So when I started, I just started making whatever I sort of could see, you know, styles or, or, you know, videos that were other creators were making or yeah, it's just sort of no real, no real direction with it. I really like that. That's, um, that's, that's, that's a really cool kind of start. So if you could go back to 2012 Jake and tell yourself that in 2021 you'd be you'd be traveling as your I'm pretty sure your full-time job is photography and that you would have over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. What do you think you would have reacted with? Oh, if I could go back to the start. Um I don't know. Like I mean, if I if I went back to the start, I think Every, every, you know, every thing that I've done in, in making videos and in creating content online has, I've, has helped me understand and, uh, and has taught me something. So, you know, whether that's learning about audiences, whether that's learning about, you know, actual skills, um, to, you know, like specific editing skills. Like I think I've really been, a, YouTube for me has been an education. <laughs> it's been like rather than going to university or for, to film school for this particular um, skill set, I've, I've used my YouTube channel as a, as a way to, to learn, to educate. So whether that's going out and making a travel video and then publishing it on YouTube and, you know, reading the comments and seeing what people are saying, whether they're encouraging or, um, you know, criticizing and, and, and then, and then using that to grow and, and to make a better one and to say, okay, this is what I did with this video. Let's, let's, let's try some either different transitions on this next video. Um, and then publish that one. And so it's been, you know, my, my YouTube, if I go back to the start, it's like, I guess maybe, maybe my, what I would say to 2012 Jake is just strap yourself in because it's a bumpy road and you're going to be prepared for it, you know? And there's times where like the, the channel has done really well. And then sometimes I'm not, maybe my videos that I've published weren't, I wasn't so proud of because I was just sort of jumping on trends and doing things that I thought would do well. But um, it's all been a really, really um, valuable learning experience for me, you know, just understanding, okay, what is the content that I, that I really enjoy creating and how do I want to, you know, foster and develop uh, a community around the content that I'm, that I'm most passionate about. And yeah, so strap yourself in would be what I would say. That sounds pretty cool. I wish, I wish in some ways there was a way you could go talk to your past self and almost give advice. But we're going to move on from, you know, the photography social media world and um, we're going to move on to kind of your normal life when you were growing up and things like that. So when you were a kid, were you, were you sporty? And if so, what sports did you play? Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I was super sporty um, it's to the point where it was an obsession 
uh, and I I was obsessed with playing tennis. So <laughs> so I played tennis. I played soccer, uh, and they were they were my two sort of main sports that I really really loved. Um, and when I was twelve, when I was your age, I sort of had to make a decision between which sport to do, and. And I made the decision to stick with tennis. And the reason why I had to make a decision was because I had an opportunity to play in the, I grew up in, in Cairns in Far North Queensland, had an opportunity to play in the state soccer team, um, like in our regional, in our regional uh, team. And I also had an opportunity to do the same thing for tennis. And I had to make a decision because they both fell on the same, at the same time. Um, and I chose tennis. And so that then led me down this that then led me down the rabbit warren of, of playing tennis. And I followed that, like that was the only thing I wanted to do, especially all through high school, all through, um, yeah, I, I, you know, after that, I just, so that's, that. they're the two sports that I want to play. But yeah, definitely um, not that I didn't enjoy like uh, studying, but sport and academics, um, sorry, sport in particular, tennis was the, the sport that I enjoyed most. What about you? Are you playing sports at the moment? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, so I'm a, I'm a huge cricketer. So at the moment, I'm doing it six days a week. So that's you might hear my voice is a bit changed. So I played two games yesterday and it kind of went from 8 a.m. to kind of 8 p.m. And on Friday night, I also had a game. So cricket's kind of, as of now, what I want to pursue when I get older. So I'm working really hard at that. And there's obviously some other, other small sports I like and play mm-hmm. like basketball and AFL, but yeah, cricket's definitely the one at the moment. Nice one, mate. It's it's and are you um is everything still um in regards to like in regard Australia is pretty good, right? To in regards to team sports and playing and being outdoors, like all your programs are as per normal. You're not having to to stop based on you know I guess based on the COVID thing or anything. Um, it was funny. So we we're having we had hardly any cases. Um for the last month and then we had a few the other week so we went into a five-day stage four lockdown so uh-huh. I missed last week of sport but then um, now we're back to normal I think we had one case today so or two cases so as of now we're back to normal and I'm just just praying that we that nothing else happens and we can keep going life as normal unlike some other countries like you know the US and places like that yeah oh that's good mate that's awesome well good luck with it yeah, thanks for that. So we'll move on. So you said you love tennis. So when you were young, what was your like ultimate dream for you to be when you're older? So like if you go back to your 12-year-old self and if you ask your 12-year-old self, when you get older, what do you want to be? What would have that 12-year-old Jake said? 12-year-old Jake would have been playing the Grand Slam final at the uh, Aussie Open. <laughs> that, that's that was 12-year-old Jake's absolute dream was to uh much like Leighton Hewitt, Pat Rafter, Andre Agassi, Pete Sampras, all of these tennis players back then, that's that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to be on that that literally I just wanted to play that that final. I wanted to travel the world playing tennis and yeah, that's 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 sort of that was, I was very tunnel visioned I think in that approach as well. It really sort of, um, yeah, it really sort of motivated me and inspired me to um, to 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 just that's that's what I wanted to do. So yeah, I mean, not that I didn't do other things, you know, like I still was at school. I had 
had different classes in art and music and um, I had, uh, you know, like maths, English and science. So I had to do those things as well. But I just really enjoyed, I liked playing tennis tournaments on the weekend. And yeah, I just, 12-year-old Jake wanted to just be the best tennis player in the world. So yeah. That's an awesome goal. And um, I mean, obviously it didn't go go to plan but were your were your parents supportive of your dream because I know I've had um I've had a lot of people like on the podcast where either their parents were crazy supportive and kind of helped them get as close to that dream as they could and then there were others that were a bit more bit more naive on what they wanted their kids to do how were your parents with with that kind of dream of tennis they were super supportive which was like very I was very very fortunate and blessed to have had their you know their support because a, a, a sport like tennis isn't isn't cheap and I think when as I when I was 12 I didn't really understand the expenses involved in something like that and um you know even just traveling around to get to different tennis tournaments so yeah they they really gave me the best opportunity possible um and you know I think for me it was like um it was it was something that I just would, would chase until it wasn't until I sort of, so after, after high school, I started to play more, um, a national events and, and, and tournaments around Australia and went overseas to play an event. And I started, I just started to put the pieces together. And I think for me, I had to question whether it was something I wanted to continue to persist for, for my life as dedicating my entire life to something. And I, wasn't as I got a bit older I wasn't really prepared to make that commitment but in terms of my parents support they were all on board they were like if you want to do it you can do it and we'll you know we'll certainly encourage you so I was really fortunate to have them on board um but yeah I just sort of you know as 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 we grow up we we um I guess we're faced with with different questions so I had to answer some of them as I got older and I was like hmm and it's really, it's interesting, you know, I, I look back on those days and I think um, if you know some of the some of the athletes who I was playing with at that time are still going and I'm, I really, um, so one of the guys I used to travel and play tournaments with was John Millman and he's, he's now one of the top 50 tennis players in the world. Uh, I've watched him play Roger Federer in the quarterfinals of the Australian Open um, so yeah, you know, like the, the people who I was surrounded by and competing against did, did make that commitment. And, you know, it's, I did see that I've seen that, that if you want that thing to happen, it's all possible. It's 100% possible. So, so, you know, it just depends how much you want to commit to it. Um, so yeah, hopefully that for those others that are interested in pursuing sport, you know, dreams can come true. So just keep, keep, keep following them. Awesome. So just before we end, I like putting like a little bit of a twist on my podcast to make it unique from all others. So in front of me here on a screen, I have a spin the wheel, which has a lot of kind of random unrelated questions to what you would expect in a, in a photography style podcast. So I'm going to ask you the question and it'll be reasonably quick fire. So whatever comes to the top of your mind, I'm obviously not going to judge you for them. So it's completely up to you. So um, we'll get started and we'll spin it for the first one. So the first question is, what is your favorite movie or documentary? Oh, this, 
This is a tough question. It's I would definitely um, lean towards documentary. Um, my favorite doco. Oh, there's. Let's. I'll, I'll go. I'll have to go with maybe more recent ones. Um, oh, you you've literally just like striked me out. Um, off the top of my head. Uh, off the top of my head, let me just let me just quickly check Twitter because I wrote a list of movies that I watched recently that I was super stoked on, and <laughs> I, I don't even remember. Um, so okay, there's. I mean, for me, I much prefer independent cinema over sort of Hollywood blockbuster styles. There's a really cool movie. Maybe it's um, maybe it's for those your parents but it's by an australian director called shannon murphy and she made a a film called baby teeth um it's a it's it's it won a a stack of awards um but yeah if you like independent cinema i wouldn't say this is my favorite but i'm just trying to i'm just trying to answer your question um um i don't know maybe that that's it's it's not yeah This is this is the worst answer I could possibly give you. Yeah, but favorite doco or um, movie? Damn. Um, yeah, I'm I'm stumped on that one. I'll give you I'll give you the directors to research. It'll be like a Shannon Murphy or there's a there's a really um, there's a really cool young director. Uh, I think he's French called Xavier Dolan and he makes some really interesting art house cinema. So maybe, yeah, maybe I'll just leave you with those directors and that'll be my response. Awesome. Yeah. It's never easy when people come on. It's never easy to know the, um, the a movie cause you watch so many and things like that. But the next question is currently who is your favorite photographer? Oh, currently, um, Oh, the tops. It's, you know, the, when I think about, I don't know if I have a favorite, but I have I have a couple of photographers who I, I really like their direction. One of them is a, he's an American photographer who I was fortunate to spend some time with in 2019. His name's Carl. Um, you can see his work on Instagram. It's at Carl Shakur. And... Um, yeah, he he's a travel photographer, but uh, I think I think uh, I just really really enjoy his his uh, his tones and his creative direction. Um, yeah, as a as a creative, I really really enjoy Carl's work. So we'll go with Carl. Awesome. The next one is how roughly how many countries have you been to, and which one or ones are your favorite? Whoa. <laughs> this is the rapid fire, the toughest questions of the podcast. Um, so I think I think I've done thirty eight countries. I've traveled, been really fortunate to travel to thirty eight countries. Um, and favorite country? There's so a lot of what I deem as you know sentimental or things that really you know, make an experience or a country special. It's just the memories that I've, and the experiences that I've had there. Um, obviously, if, you know, I love Australia, absolutely love it. Um, but 
if because I'm Australian, I guess that doesn't count. So let's go with a country abroad. Um, maybe you know, maybe I'll say Morocco. Um, I've been there twice. Um, last in, De- in in December of 2019 was the most recent trip, and we did a road trip from Fez, which is in the north, through the Atlas Mountains, down to Marrakesh, which is a city. And I absolutely, absolutely loved it through the Sahara Desert. So I think um, for a number of reasons, I like Morocco. Like as a photographer, I love, you know, I love the aesthetic of the landscapes. I love the desert. I love the arid textures. But then I also love being in the souks. So they have these like shopping areas in the traditional uh, parts of the country. And they're just like you, you follow these little roads through a maze it's like going through a maze and there's all these incredible um crafts and goods like leather goods and and ceramics like pots and pans and it's it's just a sensation overload so i'd say morocco i also really like um mediterranean um more like middle eastern food so yeah that that would be my answer if you get to go i'd highly recommend it but also, you can't take your drone. So if you have a drone, people in Morocco don't like that. Oh, that's not good. But yeah, that sounds awesome. I'll um I'll pop that on the bucket list. It sounds interesting. I've had a lot of people talk about Morocco. Funnily enough, on the podcast, it's funny how similar a lot of content creators or photographers are in favorite locations and things like that. But one more question before we finish up, and that is, what is your favorite podcast? Oh. Mate, um, my favorite pod. Well, I mean, I've you introduced me. I was introduced to this podcast um, this week. So, in in uh, for Apple Podcasts, it's definitely going to be axing the future. Um, in terms of podcasts that I've listened to recently, um, I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast as he interviewed uh, Elon Musk. And I found that quite fascinating. So I don't think that's for all for kids, but having, you know, hearing Elon Musk in an interview, if he's done a PG one, I would, he's an interesting guy. If you want to research, you know, SpaceX and understanding if humans will at one point be able to reach Mars and, you know, if we can one day travel to, um, into orbit and into other galaxies. So I think, I think there's just a lot of fascinating stuff that that guy's, working on at the moment that is going to be really cool for our species the human race but um yeah that's awesome it's funny so in the 20 what is this episode 21 i've never had anyone actually mention my name in or my podcast in here so thanks for that but yeah the joe rogan podcast is probably the most popular one that's been talked about on this podcast and i totally agree i Actually, I've had a good listen to the Elon Musk one that he did with Joe Rogan, and it's 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 pretty amazing. I struggle a bit though because all his podcasts like three hours long. I struggle a bit to be able to to get the time, and that's why I'm more for the podcasts that kind of go from half an hour to an hour. But um, I reckon Joe Rogan mm-hmm. has to be has to be the top. With that, we're going to wrap up the podcast. So, Jake, thank you very much for coming on. And everyone that is currently listening, if you're on Apple, I'd really appreciate if you do. Go leave a little review. It really helps climb up the leaderboard and get this podcast to more people so they can learn from people like Jake, myself, and others. If you're on Spotify, 
just listen. If you can listen to a few others, follow and maybe share it to a friend if you do enjoy it. Have an amazing uh, rest of your day or evening or wherever you are in the world. I'm 56th Grid on Instagram and I'm pretty sure Jake is at Jake Rich Travels. So make sure to go check him out. Have an amazing rest of your day and I'll see you guys in the next episode. We